Welcome into Turf Show Times, the podcast. We're here with Last Minute Thoughts, where we break down all the injury news, matchups, and everything you'd know 24 hours ahead of the game. And with me every weekend is Blaine Greesack. Blaine, how are we feeling this morning? Uh, feeling good. You know, uh, the Rams need a bye week, but I also need a bye week to kind of recharge. So, uh, um, but it, you know, not 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 an easy one coming out of the bye. Big, big game, big game against the 49ers uh, tomorrow. Yeah, and that bye week came at just the right time, didn't it? We're going to talk about injuries and all the reinforcements the Rams expect to get back this week. But uh, let's set the table a little bit. This is a massive game against the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. There's a lot at stake. A win would put the Rams at four and three and in the driver's seat for the NFC West division. And a loss would really put the 49ers at three and five and really behind the eight ball. So the Rams can't really afford to lose this game. You can't afford to go to three and four and have the 49ers and the Seahawks in front of you in the division. So uh, incredibly important that the Rams come out on top of this game. So uh, let's just talk about the state of the Rams after their bye week. And playing a week removed, you know, the, you beat this bad Carolina Panthers team. They had a 10-7 to 7 lead, something like that, going into the halftime. And then the Rams offense kind of turned on that second half, got the wide receivers involved in the running game, broke it open. So, And then this Carolina Panthers team, you know, two weeks after they fired their head coach, beats Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How much stock do you put into beating this Carolina Panthers team? And uh, are the Panthers better than maybe we expected them to be two weeks ago? Um, I don't know if I put a ton of stock in it. I, I, I do, I do put, I still, still do put stock in it. Like there, there was a lot of, of talk that, you know, oh, well, they only beat the Panthers. It's only the Panthers. And, you know, at the, at the end of the day, Panthers are still an NFL team and they want to compete every week. And, um, we saw that against the, against the Buccaneers, you know, they beat, they beat Tampa Bay 21 to three, but, you know, at the same time, like it's, it's not like the Buccaneers have really looked all that good this year either. So, um, you know, it's good that the Rams went out and won a game that they should have won, and, and they did that. They, they took care of business, so I think that's what that's what matters. And, um, yeah, I, 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 I put, I think, some more stock in it than I did before, but it's still, you know, that you, you, you're, 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 you're better than the expectation being beating the Carolina Panthers. Like, they, 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 they got a lot to show the second half of the season. Of course, and the Bucks dropped that game Thursday night against the Baltimore Ravens. And that's who the Rams play next week. So depending on if you beat the 49ers, you could really put the 49ers behind the eight ball. You could also put the Bucks really far behind in the standings too. And if they're at three and five or three and six, something like that, they could be in danger of even missing the playoffs in its entirety. So uh, that team's really had its, its share of struggles. So uh, I think it's fair to say, Blaine, this is the worst offense we've seen under Sean McVay. Is it fair? You know, we saw some signs of life against the Panthers in the second half. Is it fair just to expect them to be better for the sake of being better? It's almost like, you know, Matthew Stafford statistically can't be any worse. This running game has been awful. You're getting some health back on the offensive line. They just have to be better over the second half of the season, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. And um, you know, this is the first time this season that we're going to see all these pieces together and kind of how they were imagined by Sean McVay and Liam Cohen this offseason. You know, Van Jefferson's back. Hopefully that helps the vertical passing game. Uh, Brian Allen re- returns, so you're not having to deal with Jeremiah Colonna at center. Um, it's kind of still a bit of a hodgepodge there on the offensive line, but I, I, I do expect it to get better as guys continue to play together. And um, the bye week should, give, should, should, should have given these guys a time to kind of take take a step back and take a breath because they've, they've been kind of playing with their head underwater a little bit for the, for the last six weeks. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I expect to be better. I, I'm not sure I expect them to go from, you know, right now I think they're 25th in offensive DVA, DVOA. I don't expect them to jump all the way into the top 10 or whatnot, but I do expect them to be, to be, to be better for sure. Yeah, and the way this defense is played, 
maybe they don't need to be a top 10 offense to be, you know, a playoff caliber team or really a contender in the NFC, but uh, time will tell. And these things have a way of working themselves out. So we'll see over the course of the season, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. You know, the trade deadline is looming and that's Tuesday, November 1st. So Blaine, what are the odds that Les Steed makes a blockbuster move ahead of Tuesday's deadline? Um, I'll never count out Lester Sneed out of making a big move for the Los Angeles Rams. He's, he's shown time and time again that he's not not afraid to um, to lay out the draft picks and, and, and make the move. Um, if they if they do make a move, like I, I think it needs to be more than just a one year rental. This needs to be a move that they can kind of sort of build around, similar like they did with the Jalen Ramsey trade. Um, a couple of years ago, or or even the Matthew Stafford trade, where you know they 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 have their guy for a couple of years, and and not like Von Miller last year, where he's he is basically just a one year rental. And um, you know, if they do go out and get somebody, I I think you know Edge is going to be the more the more important piece. Uh, I wrote about this week, but Floyd, seven really disappointing year. He ranks seventy second in pass rush win rate. There's nine pressures, ranked sixty first out of sixty three edge rushers who have played at least fifty percent of their team snaps, which obviously isn't very good. You're paying him a lot more to, you're paying him a lot to produce, produce more than that. Um, and then he's one of three players in the same category without a sack. And um, in true pass rush sets, which takes out screens, play action, quick throws, uh, et cetera, the Rams rank twenty fifth in pass rush win rate in those situations. So um, they really need to get a pass rusher in there. Um, would love if that was Brian Burns. We'll see if Carolina. Um, Parts ways with him. Um, he's he's sort of a, a, he's sort of a building block for that team. So I, I I don't necessarily think they would part ways with him. Uh, Bradley Chubb could be on the block. Uh, Joshua Uche is someone who's fallen out of favor in New England. Um, but like I said, the Rams can't, just can't, can't just can't have a one year rental at that, at that spot. And um, as far as like a running back, maybe um, you know the Eagles had interest in Kamara. I I, would, I wouldn't mind if the Rams had interest there. But I think you know if you trade for a running back, it needs to be someone with more than just a running back skill set. Um, but I guess let me flip, let me flip this on you, JB. You know, um, are the Rams in a position where they should be buyers at the deadline? I mean, they're three and three. We we, we talked about the offense hasn't looked good. They've they've been very inconsistent. Like, are they even an edge rush edge rusher running back away from repeating, or or, or making you know being a, being a major contender in the NFC? Yeah, it's a very fair question. But if you flash back to 2019, I think something that gets lost in the F them picks, uh, the way we, the perspective and the way we look at Les Snead's roster build, right, is that in 2019, when you trade for Jalen Ramsey, you weren't considered a true contender. You missed the playoffs that year and you gave up two first round picks. And, you know, he's been a cornerstone of the franchise over the last two to three years. So um, it's not like you have to be a true contender and this has to be a piece to put you over the top. So unlike Brian Burns and the younger mold, even like Bradley Chubb, he's a little bit older, but he still fits in the same boat where you know, he could be a part of this team for the next three to five years. And whatever this looks like when Aaron Donald retires, you know, that this, whoever you trade to edge rusher, if you get a young ascending player, they can be part of this for years to come. So on the flip side, if you're looking at Brian Burns and Bradley Chubb and saying, Hey, this guy can be a building block for the future. Why would the other team want to trade them away? And, you know, two first round picks or, you know, even a lot of draft capital, you have to actually hit on those picks and it's not easy to replace a star caliber player in that regard. So I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars look at that trade from 2019 with Jalen Ramsey and say, yeah, we really maximize our value with those two first round picks. I think they would, they probably regret that decision and they'd love to have Jalen Ramsey back as part of their roster build now. So obviously there was some behind the scenes issues there, some discontent, but uh, maybe the Rams success in the trade market and then the midseason uh, part of the year, it's just maybe their success is detrimental to them now where, yeah, why would you 
trade Von Miller when he can be a part of a playoff stretch or other teams are in the market too. And that's just basic supply and demand where it drives the price up. But yeah, I think the Rams definitely, I like what you said about the running back uh, needing a pass element skill set. I think that uh, pass catching ability could transcend the issues on the offensive line where, you know, maybe there's not a lot of blocking and room created on the ground, but if you get them out in space and give them room to run, they can really be effective out there. And maybe these offensive line issues, as catastrophic as they are, uh, they'd be able to transcend that. But there's lots to talk about today. And, you know, the trade deadline, we'll probably know in the next, you know, two or three days whether the Rams are going to make a move and it's going to sort itself out. But you mentioned on the injury report that the Rams are getting some reinforcements back after this bye week. You know, the starting center, Brian Allen, Sean McVay, Liam Cohn have talked about how important he is just for the communication. Jeremiah Colone has been the worst graded offensive player in terms of PFF rankings on the Rams roster. You have Alaric Jackson, left tackle, and then some combination of Bobby Evans, Ode Abushi, maybe Matt Skura at left and right guard. So kind of a makeshift offensive line still. You're a couple, couple weeks away from getting Coleman Shelton, but someone who is making his first appearance of the entire year is wide receiver Brian Jefferson. Uh, Blaine, is he the missing piece of this offense, you think? Um, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be the missing piece. I think he's going to help make things less congested. Rams really haven't had that vertical passing game, and he's certainly going to open that up. He's someone that Stafford has rapport with, so it's it's not just going to be hopefully that kind of um, that, that kind of takes some pressure off of Cooper Cup and opens things up for other guys. Um, but you know, Van Jefferson is still a very quality wide receiver. He probably had the quietest 800 yard season ever. Like. He's, he's somebody that nobody talks about. He had a really good year last year. He's going to stretch the field and hopefully open things up. And um, But like I said earlier, you know, I, I also wouldn't expect the offense to go from 25th in offense DVOA to, to the top 10. But, you know, if they can kind of go from 25th to, you know, somewhere in the top top 20 top maybe top 15 top 15 area, um, I think they'll I think they'll be in good shape. And um, I mean, I, I am excited to see how all these pieces fit together and kind of how it was imagined um, coming into the season. Yeah, and Van Jefferson, of course, dealing with the injury late in the year, but he was really great over the first maybe eight games or so and maybe faded down the stretch of the playoffs as that injury bothered him. But on the defensive side, you're also getting reinforcements in the secondary. You're getting better in Troy Hill back. And Troy Hill has an inside-outside flexibility where, uh, you know, he allows you to unlock Jalen Ramsey to his fullest potential. And, you know, you get an also rookie Kobe Durant back, your fourth-round pick. He also has inside-outside versatility, and what you're also getting back Bobby Brown, who's was serving a six-game suspension. Haven't seen a lot of people talking about him. He may or may not have a role in the defense when he comes back, but uh, we'll see for sure this weekend. And then also, you know, you're you're trying to trade Cam Akers, and you know, he's going to be inactive for this game. So the 49ers are also dealing with their fair share of injuries. Defensive lineman Eric Armstead, who's really important in slowing down the run game, he's going to be out with a foot injury. Kyle Juszczyk broke his finger. He's going to miss the game. He's the fullback. And then also wide receiver Debo Samuel. He has a lingering hamstring injury. Wasn't really himself last week against the Chiefs. And you know, he's been ruled out for this game. So we've seen Debo make all those explosive plays against the Rams in years past, but uh, he won't be doing that on Sunday afternoon. So, Blaine, how much does the absence of Debo Samuel loom large in this game? 
Yeah, you know, there's no excuses here, right? You know, Debo's out. Um, Armstead is a big part of that defense is out. Greenlaw's out. I mean, but that's but at the same time, you know, they still got to get the job done. Though. The, the game's played on the field. The, the 49ers without Trent Williams in week four, and he's obviously a big part of their offensive line, and 49ers still may ask for out the win. They've been without Kittle in the past and beating the Rams. Um, but, you know, this is the first time the 49ers have gone against the Rams without Debo. Um, they're four and seven all time without him, including one and four in division games. So hopefully that helps. But, um, I, I think that, you know, a little bit that the 49ers getting Christian McCaffrey, depending on how much he has been integrated into the offense this week, I think he can kind of take some of that, that, that Debo Samuel role. He, you know, he, he is, he, he's obviously the, a, a really good running back, but he can do things in the passing game as well. that I think very similar to what, to what Debo does. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how much he's kind of, you know, absorb the offense since, since he now ha- he's now had a full week to to practice and and um, absorb the playbook and, and things like that. But um, obviously, yeah, 49 yards being without Debo is huge, and um, being at home and, and the 49 yards being as being as um, as injured as they are, you know, there, there's there's no excuses here to to lose an eighth straight regular season game to a division rival. Yeah, and imagining seeing Debo and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield at the same time when they're both you know true receivers and true running backs. I'm glad the Rams don't have to worry about that this week, but maybe you see down the line the 49ers in the playoffs, and uh, that would really give you a headache, sure. But I think either way, Bobby Wagner and Ernest Jones are incredibly important in this game, and we're going to talk about matchups here pretty quick. So uh, what do you think about the Rams' offense versus this 49ers' defense? You know, you're still going against uh, Nick Bosa and this excellent aggressive pass rush, but maybe they're not at full force. Samson Ibakam was limited in practice this week, too. He had a strip sack on Matthew Stafford last time. But how do you think this offensive line is going to fare against this 49ers pass rush? Um, it, it's, it's, I, I think they're going to fare a little bit better than they did, than they did last time out. Um, I, I think I really do think this bye week kind of kind of is, is going to allow these, these, these players just to take a step back and, to, and, to, and take a breath. And I, I think that they, they really, they really needed that because like I said earlier, you know, for the first six weeks of the season, they were really kind of swimming with their head underwater. Um, so um, I, 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 without Greenlaw, without Armstead, um, that's just, that's, that, 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 that's a, that's a lot of firepower not to have to worry about um, coming at, coming at the quarterback. So um, there's, there's, there's less, big pieces coming at you you know you really only have to focus on maybe on maybe bosa um which obviously bosa bosa is really good but you know if you're just so focusing on him you you can limit him a little bit and, and sort of you know take him take him away a little bit which 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 will help for sure um it'll be interesting you know to see if they, they bring back some of those bring in some of those um those wide receiver chest sweeps which i think really helped against carolina if they if they incorporate some of that i think they'll, they'll be in good shape Sure. How sustainable do you think it is to have the wide receivers involved in the run game? Is it, you know, kind of game script dependent where, you know, everything's working and you're getting the play action involved? Uh, you can kind of lean on that a little bit more or uh, is, was it kind of opponent driven, you think? How sustainable is that over the second half of the year? I think, you know, I think it's similar to the Ben Skornick fullback package. You know, I'm not sure if it's, it's sustainable. It's, it's kind of gimmicky in, in, in that sense, but it's a nice, you know, added twist. Um, against the Panthers, that was the most rushing attempts for Rams wide receivers since Rams wide receivers since week 16 of 2018. So it's kind of something the Rams have kind of gotten away from. Um, but, you know, I, I would like to see it, you know, maybe two, two, two to three times a game. You know, McCole Hardman had some success last week with the Chiefs against the 49ers in, in doing this. He had two carries for 28 yards and, and, and two touchdowns running that fly sweep. So, you know, I'd like to see it, see it you know, a, a, a couple times. I'm not sure if, if running it seven times is 
like you said, I, I, I'm not sure if, it, if that's sustainable, but um, I think it's a, a nice added twist and kind of goes back to, you know, we've talked the last couple of weeks about the Rams incorporating some of those smoke and mirror stuff to kind of kind of help out the offensive line. I think this is an, an element of that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You nailed the nail on the head. So, uh, well, whatever the heck, heck the saying is. So uh, speaking of Rams wide receivers and while we're on the topic, you know, I think the Panthers game is probably Allen Robinson's best game in horns. Uh, do you expect him to kind of build on that performance or do you think he's going to be maybe an afterthought with Van Jefferson back in the fold? Um, yeah, I think it's something to definitely keep an eye on. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm necessarily ready to um, to go do either way. I mean, I've seen, like the, the Panthers team is still just a one-off. I, I I need to see more, but having Jefferson should obviously help. It's going to take pressure off of Allen Robinson. It's, it's going to hopefully, like I said earlier, op- open open things up and, and um, you, you know, you have Van Jefferson, you know, maybe running vertical and like that, that should open things up in the intermediate areas for, for an Allen Robinson, for a Cooper Cup, for these other guys. And um, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how, see how all these pieces work work together. And um, hopefully that does help out someone like like Allen Robinson, who's been out, Allen Robinson, who has gotten off to a slow start. And, you know, that, that Panthers game was encouraging, but I, I, I still need I still need to see more. And, you know, hopefully it is it is kind of the, 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 the jump start. But um We'll certainly it's something to keep an eye on for sure over, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and you know Van Jefferson, he he's famous for the running those deep routes, but really he's going to be effective as a short yardage receiver if you need someone with catch and run opportunities with this offensive line under under you know getting harassed by the pass rush and you know Matthew Stafford needs to get rid of the ball quick, so uh, he has a speed to stretch the field, but also you know coming into the league through the draft process, he's more of a short yardage to intermediate wide receiver, so you could use someone like that. Uh, in that regard. So uh, let's talk about the Rams defense, but Blaine, you kind of already spoiled it talking about earlier, but that's perfectly fine. You wrote an excellent article this week about, you know, how the Rams need Leonard Floyd and this pass rush to step up really at this point, you know, their pass rush is Aaron Donald and they haven't had much outside of it. They had to manufacture with blitzes and such uh, just to kind of complement what they're getting organically. But you're seeing Jalen Ramsey come off the edge. He has a couple of sacks over the last few games for the Rams. Um, you know, you see Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner really getting involved in that regard. So who do you think steps up outside of Aaron Donald? It is, you know, Terrell Lewis had a good start to the year. He's kind of faded of late. Justin Hollins hasn't really flashed much as a pass rusher. If you had to pick someone to really rack up the sacks over the next few games outside of Aaron Donald, who do you, who would you bet on, if anyone? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this, it's, it's really tough to pick one player because they, they've all just – they haven't really done much. Um, Leonard Floyd's been, like I said, you know, he's he's yet to record a sack this season, and I know I know he's been hurt, but still, that, that you'd expect at least one sack at this point. If if I have to choose one player, I think just just kind of um, going off of just the, the athletic traits and the, the potential there, I, I think you got to go through Al Lewis. Um, Justin Hollins isn't much of a pa- of, a, of a pass rusher. Great against the run, but just not much of a pass rusher. And Terrell Lewis has shown that he can rush a passer. He he he. he he, he does have an he does have an arsenal in 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 in, in that sense and, and and can make plays um getting getting to the quarterback so if I have to make bet on one player to to sort of step up in the second half of the season as a as a as a as a pass rusher make an impact in that sense I think I'm gonna have to go with Terrell Lewis. Yeah, it's not much of a concern against the 49ers because you know Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty limited and he's not going to push the ball down the field with you know a great frequency. But as you you saw this against the Bills, right? Where you have when you start have to start manufacturing this pressure and you know bringing extra defenders on a blitz, and you're getting Bobby Wagner, Ernest Jones, Jalen Ramsey involved in that regard, uh, you know that just allows the team to throw it over the top. And whenever you started blitzing against the Bills, Josh Allen, that's when he started pushing the ball down the field in the second half of that first game. So 
Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. There's probably teams that are more equipped to take advantage of it than the 49ers. Maybe something to watch against Tampa Bay uh, and Tom Brady next week. But um, just something to keep an eye on. And time will tell if that's going to be effective or if someone steps up. But, you know, based on what we've seen so far, it's fair to be skeptical, right? So we know what the 49ers are going to do on offense and how they're going to attack this Rams defense. It's going to be a lot of catch and run opportunities. It's going to be a lot of throws over the middle of the field. So uh, Ernest Jones, Bobby Wagner have to be really involved. They don't force a lot of incompletions in pass coverage. Uh, maybe they just give up a lot of completions, and they're one of the more targeted duos on the field, targeted areas of the field. So, Blaine, what have you seen out of Bobby Wagner this year? Is he still playing at a high level, and how important is he against this 49ers offense? Um, yeah, I, I, still, I do think he's playing at a high level. I, 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 I'm not sure he's still that all-pro level um, all pro caliber linebacker. He, he has looked slow at ta- slower at times. I don't say slow because he's still very, very fast and has certainly, um, certainly, certainly helped in the run game for sure. But I, I, I do think in, in, in coverage, he has looked slower than he ha- than he has in the past at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it. This, this, this Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner happy will take away the middle of the middle of the field. They have to be able to, um, you know, if, if this defense can create a, create a turnover or two, in all three losses, losses of the, the 49ers have this year with Jimmy Garoppolo under center, Garoppolo has turned the ball over. Um, so you've you've got to be able to, to you've got to be, be aggressive and uh, still remain still remain dif- disciplined. You don't want to give up too many yards after after the catch, uh, which has which has killed this team in the past going up against the 49ers. But if you can be aggressive and get a turnover or two, um, and sort of get make the 49ers on a couple of offense, get them out of that ball control um, system that they that they like to run, um, that that's a very good thing. Yeah, I say this every time the Rams play Jimmy Garoppolo, but, you know, their quarterback's going to give you opportunities to make turnovers, and it's just a matter of whether you catch them or not. And I think, you know, Bobby Wagner, maybe Darion Kendrick had their opportunities in the first game. He didn't take advantage of it, and that was really the difference. Whenever you talk about, uh, you know, giving the offense, you know, no matter how much they're struggling, you got to give them opportunities to put points on the board. you got to give them advantageous field position. And, you know, sometimes it just – matters whether the ball bounces your way or you catch the pass or you drop it so um one thing i want to talk about with you blaine because you know you're very well tapped into the rams um with getting troy hill and kobe durant back uh how do you think the starting lineup's going to shake out in the secondary darion kendrick he, you know, he's been pretty impressive he's one of the most targeted defenders on this rams defense uh has he shown enough to be a full-time starter um maybe someone like robert rochelle has been behind he's been buried on the depth chart Uh, Is he going to be involved at all moving forward? How do you think – who starts on defense, and how do you think it's going to shake out moving forward? Yeah, you know, I I still think the Rams are going to opt with experience here. I I think they they do go with um, Jalen Ramsey and Troy Hill on the outside and um, and go with, like, a a, a Kobe Durant in the the slot. Um, But I I, I, I do think they they, they mix it up. Like Darian Kendrick has played really well. He's he's a very confident player. Like when you watch him, he just, he exudes confidence, which you love to see in in a young cornerback. Um, so I, I do think they they kind of they kind of mix it up a little bit. I think you you, you will see maybe Troy or not Troy Hill. I, I thought that, I think you'll see Jalen Ramsey on one side uh, and Darian Kendrick on the outside um, on the on the opposite side of the field, and then you know maybe you see Troy Hill in the slot a little bit more, like 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 you did in his first stint with the Rams. He he, he, he did he did play a lot in, lot in the slot in his first stint, and I think you kind of see him work in there a little bit more now that you know. I think Kendrick is someone that they, they that they can rely on on the outside, and that that I think just opens things up opens. Opens up some other things for Raheem Morris um, 
to work in to, to work in the secondary in in in, in his scheme and it, it, they, they they they've been just very very limited in, in the secondary just given that they've been so thin but you know, getting these guys back it will will open things up yeah that's fair and you know Kendrick has been targeted 31 times it's a team leading figure and you know really the only big play I can think of him giving up is that you know catch and run by Debo Samuel where with the better throw by Jimmy Garoppolo it, it was extremely high could easily have been a pick six or you know a turnover or deflected pass so could have easily been a positive play for the rookie ended up being you know a catastrophic level type play but that's just the way the NFL works and sometimes the ball bounces your way so it says a lot whenever you have a high frequency of targets but you're not giving up the big play so even though he's a rookie I think you know he's a pretty dependable player and that's exciting to watch I think you know coming into the year the Rams are probably expecting big things out of fourth year corner David Long uh, he's had an up and down year uh, I'm all in favor of playing the rookies I think they've been just as good and um, you know we'll see how things shake out but just something to keep an eye on I think a win would put the Rams to four and three and move the 49ers to three and five. So uh, would a loss make them less uh, aggressive at the trade deadline, do you think? Or do you think they're waiting to see the result of this game before they make a move, Blaine? Uh, I, I don't think it necessarily matters either way. I, I think, you know, if they're going to, if they're, if they're going to make a move, they're going to make a move. I, I don't think winning or losing this game would have any impact on that. It may, maybe it makes, maybe it has an impact on, on the size of move. Maybe like, you know, we brought up Brian Burns a couple of times. Maybe they don't give up a ton of capital to, to, to get a Brian Burns, but they, they maybe give up a, a lesser piece for, for somebody else, I guess. Um, maybe it, it impacts the level of move they make, but I don't know what it necessarily mean means they'll, they, they, they they wouldn't make a move. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a huge game. I mean, you win this game, you're four and three, you're top of the NFC West, you move the 49ers to three and five, put their backs against the wall, which is exactly what you want to do to, to a division rival at this point in the season. Um, you, you're really setting, setting yourself up for a good spot, especially playing in Tampa Bay that hasn't really looked all that great um, this season. So maybe, you know, that next week, not, not, not to get too far ahead, but maybe, you know, you're, you're, you're five and three and kind of start to start to build some momentum after, you know, a third straight win next, if, if, if they were to do, were to beat Tampa Bay next week. So um, a win this week could kind of kickstart something, I think. Sure. So let's give some picks because uh, I think this is just such a big game and, you know, it could go either way. So I'll go first and then we'll get your thoughts. But, you know, usually it's the Rams to have the backbreaking turnover for a touchdown. You know, you have as far back as Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward's done it. And then, you know, Hufunga did it to Matthew Stafford last game. But I think the tables are going to turn. Bobby Wagner is going to get a defensive score. And that's really going to be the difference in this game. Rams come out on top, move to four and three on the season. And then they're in the driver's seat in, of the NFC West. So, Blaine, what do you think? Who's, who's going to come out on top of this game? Yeah, I mean, I kind of see it the same way. You know, the, the, the last two games that these two teams have played at, at so far, the Rams were they, – they obviously won the NFC Championship game. And then and then in, in week 18, they had the they had the 17-0 lead. And uh, unfortunately, San Francisco was able to come back. So, the, the, I mean, the last two games at so far have been really competitive, and the Rams have kind of had a grasp on those games. And and thankfully, they were able to get to come out on top in, in the NFC, NFC Championship game. So I think playing being at home, coming off the bye – 49ers being as hurt as they are, that, that that's that's all in favor of the Rams. Um, I also see, you know, a, a, a turnover or two by this defense, and um, and and that will end up being the difference. I I, I see it still being a close game, but I'm taking the Rams. I think 23-21. Nice, and you know, not to look too far ahead, but the Rams take on the struggling Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their next game. So you really the second half schedule that really at first entering the year seemed like a gauntlet. Uh, it's kind of fading, and teams that really seem formidable, they seem vulnerable. And 
you you might be a lot easier than well nothing's ever easy in the NFL but the Rams might have more of a chance than we gave them entering the year so if you would have told me before week one that the Rams would be three and three with the teams they have to play down the stretch uh, I would have been concerned but things look a lot more opportunistic I think and I think it's it's fair to be more optimistic about this team moving forward but Blaine what are your thoughts on the NFC West race who's the biggest threat to the Rams division title this year is it the 49ers or the Seahawks Oh, uh, I think that's that, that's really, that's really close. I think both teams are are actually pretty good with, it, especially with the Geno Smith is playing. I think just this long term, um, 49ers have a bye week after after this game. I I do think they 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 start to figure it out, get Christian McCaffrey involved in that offense, which I think he fits in perfectly with 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 what they do. They they could be really 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 scary once he he gets worked into the fold. But um, Seattle's looking looking really good as well. Um. I, I don't see them necessarily falling off the cliff anytime anytime soon. Geno Smith is playing, like I said, he's playing incredible. I, I I do think it's between those two teams, but I think just 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 long term speaking, it's, it's it's always I think it's gonna be it's gonna be the 49ers. I, I think that they're they're gonna get healthier and get those those pieces back that that um you know help 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 them be be the number one defense that they were heading heading into last week against against Kansas City. So um, yeah, long term, I, I I think San Francisco, but definitely definitely don't sleep on Seattle because they they they're 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 not going they're going to be a pesky team that doesn't go away. That's for sure. Yeah, and on the midweek podcast this week, Kenneth Arthur and I went through all the divisions, and we both picked Seattle and the Rams to make the playoffs, but neither one of us had the 49ers in. So you know, I think just think Jimmy Garoppolo is too much of a limitation, and you know they have had so many injuries that you know sometimes as Rams fans, I think our perspective gets a little skewed because the 49ers look so great against the Rams and not so great against everyone else. So uh, I've been really impressed by Geno Smith and this rebuilding Seahawks team might be ahead of schedule in terms of their roster build. So I think it's going to be exciting to watch that unfold moving forward. And, you know, they could have a top draft pick just from the Broncos. And no matter how many games they win this year, they might still have a chance to grab a top quarterback or an, a high level playmaker if that's what they wish. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch this weekend and watch things unfold moving forward. But uh, we could really find out who this Rams team is and if they're ready to contend this year. So, Blaine, where are you on social media? What posts are you going to have after the game? Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DTR, and then after the game, um, I'll have my usual three plays that change the game where you go back and look at the three plays that had the most impact on on, on the result. But, um, yeah, big big game on Sunday. and looking, lo- looking forward to it. Sure. And I'll just say make sure you subscribe through your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We have three that come out every single week. And, you know, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss an installment. And, you know, check back on Turf Show Times after the game. We're going to have a lot of great content. I'll be, you know, putting out winners and losers, which is always a great discussion starter and, you know, setting the table for things moving forward. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And, you know, we'll see you next week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game.